thank you for joining in on another episode of Monk on the Mountain podcast. I am super excited, as usual, to bring another guest to you guys, right to your universe, the single song that you experience. And uh, I'm excited for her to introduce herself and tell you a little bit about what she has going on. Michelle Costa, thank you for joining us on Monk on the Mountain. Thank you, Sean, for having me. I was super excited that you asked me to come on and talk with you. And actually, it was our first time ever speaking yesterday. We had like a 10-minute conversation, and I was super excited for today after talking with you. So yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And it's just really beautiful to meet like-minded people, no matter what you're into, right? Like if you're into the art space, or if you're into cars, or whatever you're into, when you meet people that share the similar interests, it's always really exciting. But there's an extra layer to it when you meet a fellow spiritualist, when you meet another person that's on the path and that's doing all of this internal work and practicing all of these beautiful ancient traditions of energy work and mindfulness and, and using mm. our consciousness like to its maximum potential and trying mm-hmm. to learn that together. So yeah, after that conversation, I was so lit up. I had so much energy. I wanted to ride a bicycle, <laughs> ride a motorcycle, clean, you name it. I, I, I was juiced. So I knew that the podcast is, is going to be good. So we're going to deliver that to all the listeners now as well. Yeah. And like we were saying yesterday, we talked for like 10 minutes, but it felt like we were on the phone for hours. I was like, this definitely was not our first time doing this. <laughs> yeah. And it was in, in a good way, you know, like yes. we had covered so much ground in, in such a short period of time. So how did this basically start for you? What was the like the catalyst of your spiritual journey? Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. So, I mean, honestly, spirituality has been a big part of my life for most of my life. Ever since childhood, to be honest, I, like many people who are doing this work on the path, you know, I had some rough things happen in my childhood, parents splitting up. I had, you know, a huge medical issue when I was younger and all this kind of turmoil started happening at once. And I was kind of looking for answers, right? You know, I was raised Catholic, didn't really connect with Catholicism at all. And I was kind of like looking for a meaning of all of it, right? Or like a means to control what was going on around me, kind of searching for something to kind of explain what was going on and look for deeper meaning behind things. So yeah, I just, you know, really from a young age was always super into like spells and like witchcraft and all that stuff. And it just kind of like was a very secretive thing, right? Because, you know, back in our generation, when we were younger, it's a little bit different. The generations now like astrology, you know, energy work, all these things was not considered like the norm. You were kind of like considered a witch or weird if you, if you were into all that stuff. Yeah, so it was still of, are. <laughs> yeah, we're definitely still considered weird. But anyways, you know, now we have the internet where we can connect with all these people who are also into these things. And it's a great thing. But yeah, so I, you know, just was always very interested in like people and like why people do certain things. And I, you know, I spent a lot of time alone when I was younger, like reading stuff about it, just like a huge interest in it. And no one in my family was interested in it. And I didn't really even have a lot of friends who were interested in it. It was kind of like this, you know, I was kind of really interested in like the afterlife and like what happens after. And I would say, you know, I didn't think I was going to talk about this story, but it's kind of coming to me now. So I had, when I was like 12 years old, I had a major um, back surgery. Like I was in a hospital for a week. I missed like three months of school. I had sclerosis. Yeah. So at that same time, my parents were separating. My dad left my mom for another woman. So it was like a lot was going on at that time for me. And it was kind of everything was happening at once. And my like creative outlet when I was younger is I was a dancer. I did it competitively for years. I 
spend six days a week at the dance studio. It was like my saving grace because, you know, when my parents were home screaming at each other, fighting, you know, it was really a hectic household. I got to leave every day and go to dance. And that was like my, that was my way out. So, you know, when I found out I needed this really serious surgery done, I found I also had to quit dancing. Not entirely, but I definitely had to be out for a year. And at that age, when you're, you know, becoming a woman and going into your confidence, it was like devastating to me, like absolutely devastating. Like I couldn't even like accept it at all. And I remember the night before I went went to my surgery, I was going to go to the hospital. I was laying in my mom's bedroom and all of a sudden I see this like woman standing next to me. And she was wearing, she'd like standing in the mirror, looking at herself in the mirror. She was wearing like a long pink dress. And I remember like her hair and stuff like that. And I'd never seen her before in my life. And it was just like this really clear image, a glimpse of it. Saw it and it went away. I turned around. It was gone before I knew it. So a couple months later, I'm home from the hospital. I was homeschooled for three months after the surgery. So I was like sitting with my mom looking through her um, photo albums. And granted, my so I'm first-generation American on both sides of my family. So my mom's family immigrated here from Poland when she was younger. So I never met my mom's parents. They had a really hard life. They both died pretty early. They died way before I was born. So I never met her mom, but I've seen pictures of her, but not a ton. I didn't have money, so they didn't like, have a lot of pictures and stuff like that. So seen a couple of pictures, didn't really know what she looked like. She's showing me pictures. All of a sudden, I see the dress, <laughs> the dress that I just remember. I was like, that is interesting. I was like, could I like remember the night before my surgery? Because I was like so loopy. I was on medication and stuff. So right. I didn't really, my mind was kind of out there. And I was like, mom, is that your mom? And she's like, yes, this is her before she got sick and like, you know, all this stuff. And I was like, whose dress is that? Like that, I was like, I just remembered the, the dress because I was like, this looks so familiar. She's like, yeah, like this, she wore that to like a couple events we actually buried her in that dress. And I was like, wow. And I was like, I started hysterically crying because I like felt this like overwhelming, like energy, like come across me. And like, she was like, what's wrong. And I told my mom, like what happened? I was like, you know, the night before the surgery, she's like, I totally believe it. Like she had such a strong energy and presence. Like she's definitely like believes that a lot. And I just like, since that moment, I knew spirituality was going to be like a big part of my life. And I just didn't really know to what capacity. So it was just, and I don't have a ton of like ghost stories like that. Like I don't see like, I don't see, I don't see dead people. That was like really the only account I had with it, but it was almost like a message from her that like I had something special in me that had been either passed down from family members previously that I never knew because, you know, my parents were from a different country or it was just a message to know that I would always be safe and protected no matter what happened in my life. Because, you know, shit happens. And sometimes you feel like no one's watching over you or like no one's, no one's there for you. And yeah, like that, that was like solidifying. And I would say that was really the beginning of like my spiritual journey. And throughout my, you know, as I got older than my twenties, it kind of came and entered my life through difficult times. But I would say like the past two years, it's been super, I would say I had an, I had a, went through like a spiritual awakening in 2017. That was pretty strong. I, ever since then, it's always been a consistency in my life. And yeah, that's pretty much um, how it kind of got started for me. Yeah, that's like such an incredible testimony and account of spirit. And it's beautiful to me how like that small seed, right? Like just like that glimpse of that person, perceivably your grandmother who had passed and just getting that connection shortly after 
of the dress. And I'm sure in the moment of that vision of your grandma, like the dress stood out, the color of it, the brightness of it, the shape of it, that probably stood out maybe even more than what she looked like, you know, just because of like the state that you were in. And then to have that validated later is such a powerful seed. And, you know, that's that your story is very common. And, And people that I speak to, it's just like, they don't have a lot of crazy experiences, but they have like one experience that showed them that there's more and that was enough. And that's really all you need is just that little inspiration to know that there's more. There's mm-hmm. more than what we've ever been told. There's more than what the stories of religion have, have put forward. There's more to your potential than you've ever known. So I love it. And thank you for sharing that. Honestly, like there's no such thing as, as a meaningless testimony or a meaningless story like it's just that's so powerful just in that you know and I always like to think like you know your your grandmother's spirit like they still care about the happenings in their generational line and you know they're they're taking care of us and I honestly don't think we're ever alone I don't think that we're alone ever I don't think people say yeah they say like you're born alone you die alone I'm like I don't know about that I think that you're born with a team I think like you consult with your team right before you come to earth, you like get over your mission details of how you want to grow and some things and your contracts. And then you come in and they, they help you in and then you have a guide or guides. And you know, this, this lifetime is a blink. It's a blink in the eye of eternity. Yeah. Yeah. And like ancestors are so powerful in, in people's spiritual path. I think so. I mean, for my grandma, obviously I never, that grandmother, I never had a relationship with, I never got to meet her, but right. For my family and you know people in my family, I carry a lot of the the strength and healing for a lot of people who have not been on the the path or been doing the healing works themselves. And that's the interesting thing about ancestral healing. A lot of times, it's like you may be surrounded by family members who their lives a mess. They're not they're not doing any kind of internal work. They're kind of letting external circumstances take over. And even just yourself, if you're the one who is like, I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna heal myself, you're energetically healing everyone else in your family. And you are doing the work as well for everyone else. And it's not an easy task to take on at all. It's a lot easier just to kind of sit back and blame, you know, all the 3D things happening on, you know, everyone else but yourself and not taking responsibility for anything. And obviously, there's such an important part to that. And like, you're someone's always a chosen one, right? Like someone's always the one chosen in each family to kind of be that person to you know, change the ancestral line and heal different things that have happened. So yeah, I truly feel like I'm that person in my family. And it's like the past couple of years, it's become even more transparent to me. Yeah. And I'm, I'm sure that you're not only just that person in your family, but you're one of those people in the world. The path of the chosen, I always like to say, it's like you have to choose yourself. Mm-hmm. Which isn't easy. <laughs> yeah. You have to decide for yourself that you want to be different, that you have more to offer. And there's this really beautiful quote that a friend of mine gave me earlier this week. And I was talking about how like Jesus wasn't certified, right? Like he wasn't a certified life coach. <laughs> He's like the most <laughs> inf- influential mystical figure of the modern era. Buddha wasn't certified as a life coach. Gandhi didn't have a Reiki master cert. So it's like, you don't need these certifications given by other people or by constructs of the world for you to have valid power. And this quote that was given to me is, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. 
And I'm like, yeah, I like that. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Qualifies no. the called. Yeah, it's powerful. It's a really powerful thing. And yeah, that like, you know, what you're saying about the certification things, there's all this kind of stuff out here now in the spiritual community. And like, people are always asking me like, you know, what are you? Or like, what's your, and I have so many different things I'm, a, I'm attracted to. And I honestly, like, since I've been more awakened, especially the last few years, I've attracted so many people in my life who have needed healing, whether it be relationships or friendships or even like, you know, in, I, I work a corporate job and I deal with a lot of people. I'm a recruiter. So even just people I come across in my corporate world who you never even think that they'd be interested in spirituality. It's like they, the people who need it, they find me. And I'm usually talking to them about like, I'm not supposed to be talking to them about their personal lives or what's going on outside of work. And it ends up happening. And it's always just like a joke. Like all my coworkers are always like, you're everyone's therapist. And I'm like, it's just like happens that people feel called to open up to me. I have a really in human design. I don't know if you're familiar, you're familiar with human design, right? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So I not a human design expert, but I have had a coach read my human design and my human design is I'm a manifester and I have a lot of open centers. Like I have an extremely open human design and what I've learned recently. And, you know, obviously as women, we're designed to be kind of like let men take the initiatives and not be too open because you don't want to be too aggressive or ask the wrong thing. And then like my human design is literally, I'm designed to be extremely open and help others open themselves up as well, because me being open inspires other people to open up. And that's something like recently, you know, been trying to honor more because it's a, it's a hard thing, right? Being vulnerable. But at the end of the day, there's someone who needs to hear what you have to say. Like there's, even if like one person is listening to me talk <laughs> right now, it's like, it's going to impact somebody at some point, like someone needs to hear what you have to say. So it's so important to share and be open with people. I feel the same way. Uh, it's, it's funny that you say that because like, that's how I feel about the podcast. It's like, even if just one person is affected by this, like that's going to affect so many more people. It's literally going to change the future. Mm -hmm. And that's the thing is like energy is contagious. So like we see it in our regular lives, even for those that are like unawakened or uninitiated into spiritual energy and whatnot. If someone's sad and you're around them, naturally you feel a little bit sad or you, you, you become a little bit of what they are. And that's, you know, how we define empathy. And it's also compassion is being able to experience from a person's experience, like what they're going through and then put your own mind into that to help, help offer them advice or wisdom. And when you're an awakened person, it's the same as that sad person that's generating a sad aura that people come into and they feel sad. When you're awakened, you don't have to say a word. You don't like your heart is open and you're in your energetic field. And that invisible light is going to attract the magnets of all of these other seekers. And I see it as well in my own life. It's mm -hmm. and I have a corporate job as well. And it's so funny how many people in corporate, in hospitality, in the private sector, they are carrying crystals in their pocket, you know, <laughs> or they have like a necklace on that has a quartz on it or a ring. And it's like, you're one of us. I yeah. see that. Mm. Yeah. And ever since, you know, working from home so much more with COVID, my spirituality has come out more in the workplace. And I had had like one of my um, managers Obviously, he had a secret interest in spirituality. Like he used to mm. call me because I, I like to read Oracle cards. It's like something I do for fun. I actually mm -hmm. been doing it since I was, well, I started, I taught myself tarot when I was in college. I remember one college break. This is like super, super, super spiritually nerdy. I like literally read an entire tarot. This is not actually, this is not how you're really supposed to learn tarot, but I thought this was how you're supposed to learn it. 
I bought like a tarot card book and I like studied it like one break for a break because I was like so interested in tarot. And I like used to read it for my friends like when I was younger. And like now I like love Oracle cards. It's like part of like my morning practice. Like when I meditate, hmm. I like to pull cards, whatever. It's just, like my thing I like. And I remember like talking about it to a couple people I worked with. And, you know, this one manager I had, who was like super like straight edge, super corporate to call me like I remember on his birthday he called me and he's like can I get a birthday oracle card reading I was like sure I was like give me I was like give me a few minutes and he's like ground down he's like what does that mean (laughs) that's adorable I was like just give me a few minutes yeah get grounded get grounded Tim (laughs) um so and I remember I had read his oracle card and like I remember like explaining it pretty much like the Oracle card said there was like a huge shift going to happen in his life. He's been waiting for something to happen. Just like, you know, it was like this huge like thing that he was waiting on. And I was like, kind of seeing if he would share with me, but he wouldn't share. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to pry. Like, I'm, ne- I'm never going to pry. I was like, we don't have that kind of relationship. I'm not going to have him tell me anything. And then a month later, he calls me and he said, Michelle, I actually am like getting a different job within the company. Like they have been waiting six months for it. And when you've been when you read that Oracle card for me, it was literally like the the night, the day before I had like my final interview and I was just waiting. He's like, I wanted to tell you so badly, but I couldn't tell you yet just because of like, he wasn't allowed to say anything. He's like, he's like, you literally, he's like, I shouldn't say this, but I'm not your boss anymore. He's like, you need to be doing this for a living. Like you need Hmm. to be like doing this more. And I was like, to hear that from someone who I never had an interest in that before I had kind of opened it up to them, like, is like so uplifting to me because like, if I can make someone who doesn't use spirituality in their daily life and inspire them to have more of it in their life, like that's the more awake everyone is, like the more awake in our whole society is. It's like such a ripple effect, such a magnetic effect. It's like really a beautiful thing. Yeah. And the more of us that are out there, the more that that frequency is being grounded into this world and into the earth field and into our societies, into our families, like into our jobs, like there's plenty of people that are taking all types of shapes and forms, and there's many popular forms to take. And a lot of that is trained through our media or, you know, societal structures, like you were saying, like how women are perceived to be. And like, I personally feel like, you know, it's all crap because such crap. <laughs> each one of us is so infinite and so unlimited. Like why, why limit what we are into words? I'm like on this kick right now. And I said on another podcast, but stop trying to be words. Stop identifying yourself as words and then trying to be them because words are just noises that we make with our mouths to carry concepts. And you are so much bigger than a concept. You are the originator. You Mm. are the creator. You are responsible for creating new concepts, new expressions for yourself, new expressions for the world. And the world, the earth is doing that all the time. Nature is always doing that. It's always evolving. And in the whole as above, so below, in the same way that the universe is evolving, the earth is evolving, our consciousness is evolving. And we are an aspect of creation in ourselves. Like we discussed this yesterday a little bit, but like, you know, you look yeah. at like the hands, your hands, and like you look at the veins in your hands, they're the same as the veins on the trees. Like we're made of the earth, right? We're of the earth. The human body is made of the earth. The consciousness and the spirit comes and uses these earth vessels to experience life on earth. And hopefully to grow in consciousness and offer more to the earth, to the experience of earthlings, all animals, all beings, all sentient and non-sentient life here on earth. Like we're all here to make it better for each other and for ourselves. 
And that's one of the most beautiful parts of the spiritual path is you become extremely connected to that. You really do value evolution and you value the experience of others and you value your own experience growing and you not being in a place where it's like you're sad all the time or depressed and you have no tools, you have no ability to change what you are. And you think that your depression will stop when you get a better job or like you'll be happier when you have more money or you have that perfect relationship or it's so interesting how we believe that when things change outside of us, it will change what's inside of us. And as you know, it's completely the opposite. When you right. change what's inside of you, then the entire reality that you're in changes. And for people that don't really understand that, just simply think like, listen, if you wake up sad throughout the day, a lot of things are going to seem sad. Like the rain might seem sad. Traffic might seem sad. This person being angry might seem sad. If you wake up happy, a lot of things might be happy. It might be like, I love the rain. Like I love sitting in traffic, listening to the, like the music in my car. Like I'm loving this at this time of chill, but that's just like happy and sad. Let's say you wake up in bliss in enlightenment. You wake up in love, in love with your experience, in love with every aspect of creation. Sometimes I nerd out on spirituality to the point where like, I really just look into life around me I look at the computer, I look at the microphone, I look at the cameras. I'm like, all of this is crazy magical technology when you think about it. And it's all based off of mechanisms that we've discovered within the human anatomy. Camera lenses are shaped like an eyeball. Mm-hmm. You know, like the, the wires that carry sound is the same way that like our brain carries uh, information throughout our body, like from our ears into our, our neural cortex, like it's all just like this whole as above, so below phenomenon. And to bring it back to my point is when you wake up to that, life has so much more value. It has the zest for living, the energy, the excitement comes back and it, it rushes to you. And then you see all of this beautiful creation as an expression of love, as an expression of a mirror for you to discover more about yourself within. And that mirror extends deeply into all people, into nature. Like, I love trying to find how I'm the same as this waterfall. Right. I, I love to find the way that I'm the same as lightning striking, mm-hmm. as the ocean. Yeah. Yeah. And we're so in tune with nature because, you know, and, and there's this theory that like, you know, obviously people who are spiritual, right, and who are enlightened, that they don't get sad. They don't get depressed. It's so far from the truth completely further from the truth. It's like we do, but it's like we use as opportunities to grow even more, right? Whenever I get sad or anxious about something, I know I'm on the brink of like something else good happening because it's like, just like nature, every, every winter, everything dies, right? And, you know, we go through seasons, like we are so in tune with nature and even the moon, the moon gets full, it wanes down, taxes. It's a new moon again every month. It's like we go through all these cycles and changes. And like, that is the beautiful thing. And that is what we have to honor and honor our periods when we're low and honor our periods when we're high. And we can't have highs at the lows. And like, I don't think there's anyone who wakes up every day and like loves life. Like that's just like not like, yes, you can have appreciation for love and life every day, but you know, it's okay to wake up and not be in the mood for that. And you're like, I'm going to have a day where I'm just going to cry and it's fine. Like, and I'm going to release crying is such a beautiful thing. And totally, I, I think not enough adults do it, especially adult men, <laughs> um, because I like to think so babies, right? Babies cry all the time. 
And obviously if you ever held a baby, I'm sure you have, they have like the purest energy, like their chakras, their chakras are so aligned. They are so pure. They have had no outside influences yet. Crying is you're releasing so much energy when you cry and you are clearing so much, like same thing with any kind of movement, but like you're moving so much out of your body when you cry. And these, you know, babies are always crying. Children are always crying. And it's like so healing for them because they're working things out in their subconscious and they're crying. We get conditioned as we're older, you know, to not cry and not feel these emotions because it's like, you know, especially in the spiritual community, there's all this toxic positivity. Like you have to be happy all the time. Spiritual people can't be like depressed and sad. And it's like, who created that? Because like, that is just not, it's not even possible. We're human at the end of the day. And it's like, we have to honor our emotions. And I think just like to being a spiritual person, it's like, you just have to accept when you're in that moment and not try to change it. You have to accept it and just know this is just a part of my life cycle. This is part of my death and my rebirth. And this is, I'm going to have a season. This may be my winter, but like tomorrow I could be summer again and like literally feel abundance and I'm blooming and everything feels great and the sun shining. And yeah, it's also connected. And I think there's just so much to like be appreciative of that and like honor your feelings and, you know, honor all those cycles that we go through. Yeah. And I think that there's levels to it too. Like, in the beginning, just being aware of mm-hmm. your different emotional states and your mental patterns, like that's a huge breakthrough for many people. And it was for me. I'm sure it was for you. Yeah. Just getting to that point where like you recognize that like you're observing the experience more than like you're surrounded by the experience or that you are the experience. Like you're observing like, okay, like I'm in a phase right now. I could feel it energetically. Right. I could tell how I'm thinking. And you're in a state of observation. So that's like the first step in being able to clear is being aware that you're in observation and you're in control and you're not a victim. You know, you're Mm -hmm. not a victim of of any circumstance. And the next levels are being able to have a state of love that you've cultivated within you from your meditation or from whatever your spiritual disciplines are to bring you into a state of harmony within yourself. And then using that technique, just like the same way you've lifted weights a bunch of times in your life. Now you're strong enough to lift this weight. You've meditated enough. You've done the energy practice enough. You've cured yourself enough energetically, emotionally, spiritually to be able to implement this technique and then bring yourself back to center. So that's like the next level is like first you have to become aware. Then you have to be able to use the tools that you've created to bring yourself back into harmony. And then I agree with basically everything you said, except for the one thing that nobody wakes up. Nobody can wake up happy every day because we're human. Because to me, I think that that's like the final level where Mm -hmm. it's like if you if you not that you wake up, you're just happy, but like you wake up in pure surrender to all the happenings and you celebrate all the happenings, whether they're perceived through your ego as a negative or not, you celebrate your soul's experience of having it. You celebrate it all. So not I don't even disagree with you. I just think that at that highest level. Right. It's like you can get into a state of celebration and bliss and ecstasy of your experience. Now, have I gotten there? Yes. Have I stayed there? No. <laughs> like <laughs> I've definitely been there and I've had right. that experience and it's lasted for, you know, like for me, the most it's been like maybe like a few months of just pure bliss, ecstatic nature. Amazing. But that's when I was living in the in the forest in the Pocados, you know, like I had <laughs> like it was a very simple life when you start getting into relationships with other humans, any relationships, not just like serious, like lovers, but any relationships, friendships, Mm. careers, jobs, like you name it. When you start complicating your experience 
that's when you really need to stick to your disciplines or else you'll just get knocked around left and right. And I'm, I've been in that situation and, and everywhere that I've been in consciousness has helped me to navigate where I've been in my physical life. Yeah. And, you know, just the point about relationships is like relationships are, and we were talking about this yesterday. There's such mirrors. I mean, for me, my spiritual growth has happened so much through relationships, beginnings, relationships, endings, and like what I've realized about myself, because when you enter a relationship, whether it be a friendship, romantic relationship, that feeling of love and vulnerability that you have is all connected to your inner child. And we all have, you know, inner child woundings, like no one one had a perfect childhood. We all had things happen that was out of our control, you know, conditioning. And that comes out when we meet with other people and we're in, you know, that love state in relationships. And it's a hard thing to navigate because it's a lot of times we don't necessarily, you know, people always talk about like, you know, how did I attract this toxic relationship or how did I attract this traumatic relationship? And it's like, you probably were not consciously attracting it. No one would obviously, everyone wants to just meet people who only have their highest good and are only going to bring you love and joy, right? Like that's what ideally we'd want as humans. Subconsciously though, I truly believe your subconscious attracts people because they're going to allow you to get to the next level of growth that you have to go through. And it may not be pretty. Oftentimes it's very messy. Oftentimes it's going to be, why would I ever wish this upon myself? Or why would I want to go through this? Or why am I going through this? But I truly believe that, and I've definitely attracted relationships like this in my life. I, you attract people, not because you want to, you know, necessarily be with that person at face value. Your soul is like, this is what's going to get you to the next level. And this is why we're here. And you're going to have to learn through this and it's going to suck, but like, it's going to be good on the other end of it. And you're going to evolve to another level. And I truly believe that. And it's like, I see so many patterns of that with people in different soul contracts with people. And I just see it so much. And it's a very, very hard thing to realize when you're in one, right? Like you're like, you just, you look for meaning, like why you attracted, like whether if it's a bad friendship or even like a relationship with a family member, but it's a lot of times like meant to teach you something about yourself and allow you to get to that state of surrendering exactly what you said, where you're not attached to people and their outcomes. And it's a very, very hard place to be. And I feel like I've met a couple of people in my life who are at that state and my spiritual journey or spiritual mentors I have. And it's like such such a rarity to find that. And it's a very, very hard state to get to. Yeah. And just to like piggyback on on that is like when we get into romantic relationships, even non-romantic relationships, but especially romantic relationships, like we love people more when we see aspects of ourself within them. Yeah. And we love people more when they bring out aspects of ourselves in the relationship. So ways that we can be within that relationship that give us freedom and empowerment and discovery, discovery of what we are. Mm -hmm. So when things are going south, you know, in a relationship, (laughs) it's really healthy for you to think like, what do I see of myself in this person? Like, what do I see of myself in this contention, in the problems? Like, what parts of me need to be discovered so that I can grow through this experience? And we look at problems like they're bad, but truly without problems, we don't ever find the solutions. And then those solutions can be applied to infinitely more similar and non-similar circumstances. Like, we're always building on what we are and who we are and expanding. And what I find is like comfort 
is almost really bad for you as much as we want comfort. And don't get me wrong. I want comfort. Like I want us all to be like millionaires and sunny days and beautiful views and, and organic fresh vegetables and fruit every day. But <laughs> like how much would you learn from that? Unless you're like an extremely enlightened person that is truly seeking experiential growth in every bite of your fruit or, you know, every single cloud, it's like, we need some trauma to wake us up and we need some difficulty to flex our muscles and to test our strength, our spiritual strength, and sometimes even our moral strength. For me, the path of spiritual cleansing and true, true ascension where we are really changing, it's about precision, extreme precision, where it's like you're putting extreme focus and thought into the words that you're saying, into your tonality when you deliver them into your posture, into your quality of thought. I read this book called The Diamond Cutter, which is based off of the Buddhist Sutra, also by the same name. But it talks about this one concept of integrity. And he says in the book that people think that you lose your integrity off of a big lie or a big deception. You don't. You lose your integrity through little deceptions and little lies consistently. Like, oh, it's okay if I fudge this one number on my report. It's okay if I don't tell this whole truth to this person. It's okay if I steal this one thing. It's the little tiny things that are actually bigger examples and bigger expressions of your state of being than the enormous ones. Because if you're willing, to, like I, this is my quote here is like, how you do one thing is how you will do everything. And I try to live mm-hmm. like that. So like, it's especially important when I'm like putting my dishes away, actually, because like <laughs> I'll put my dishes away and I try to put them in a perfect order. Like I don't have OCD, maybe not diagnosed, maybe but like a little, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> I, hey, I love some organization. Yeah, I love, same, <laughs> I love some organization. So when I'm putting my dishes away, I'm tr- I always like it brings me back to like how you do one thing is how you'll do everything. So it brings me back to that idea. So after I put like all the dishes in a cabinet and it looks splendid, then I try to carry that then into my life with like the next things that I'm doing, like how I do the dishes is how I'll do my laundry. It's how I'll have this conversation. And I'm not going to say that I'm perfect at it. I'm a work in progress. This is just the work that I'm doing to get my progress. Yeah. And you just have to be better than the person that you were yesterday, right? It's like definitely never aim for perfection because then you just fail every time. but. It really just goes down to, you know, in terms of integrity, it's like you have to be living your life in alignment and like what what your authentic code is for yourself, right? So it's like, for example, if you are somebody who has certain like moral values or belief systems and you're surrounding yourself with people who are not on the same level as you or or you want certain things for yourself, you know, and you don't have people who are your expanders and they're they're at that level you want to be at. You're setting yourself up for such failures. You're not living your life in alignment. Like we are such energetic magnets. You have to surround yourself with people and things that are matching your energy. And that's why a lot of people struggle too. Like obviously, you know, anxiety, depression is a very clinical thing. And I understand that, but so it's like- So common a, right now. Yeah, it's so common right now. Like I know so many people who are experiencing anxiety for the first time or depression for the first time, they never have in their life before. It's like, we're living so out of alignment. So many people are living so out of alignment. And it is, it's like you're losing your connection with your higher self every day, the more days you spend out of alignment. And it's like, rarely people are 
getting the opportunity to look inward. They're drowning themselves with social media, with Netflix, and they're not they're not taking an honest look at themselves and, and understanding why am I not happy and what, what can I change? And there's always things out of your control. And obviously I get that. Like life can be really freaking hard and it's not, it's not easy to look at yourself, but it's like, it is so essential for you to live the best life that you could possibly live. And for your soul to truly evolve, to set yourself up. And if you want to have children one day, like you carry that energy to your children, if you've done the work and you're living in alignment it, and it sets them up and it just carries through generation and generation. It's such an important thing to be looking at yourself and, and realizing that. Yeah. There's so much truth in what you just said. And, you know, it's kind of like inspiring thoughts within me right now about how like we have to do like, this is what's, what just came to me. It's like, there's like two things. It's like, number one, those of us that are initiated in spirituality, we have to stop looking to people that are uninitiated in themselves for reflections of us, because we're only going to see the reflection through their foggy mirror. We're not going to be able to see like our true self through them. We're going to see ourselves through their lens, which is not purified yet because they just haven't. And purification mm-hmm. comes with a decision that each individual has to make within themselves. Like, The other thing is the aspect of like being proud of what you are and who you are and your growth and not having pride over others, but being extremely proud of where you have come within yourself and holding yourself, your self image up that high and not think that you're not special because you're just like everybody else. I'm going to tell you guys right now and girls, (laughs) everyone, you're not just like everybody else. You're listening to this podcast. You are not like everybody else. You're not. And, and it's proven in everywhere that you go and everything that you do, because if everybody was just like you, what type of world would we live in? How would everybody yeah. be if everybody was just like you? I bet it would be pretty freaking nice, pretty splendid and pretty beautiful. I used to teach people that it was one of the most powerful concepts that I, I took into my own reality was if everyone in the world was exactly like you, what kind of world would it be? And then that gives you a really strong inventory on who you are to the full capacity. There's pluses and minuses to it too. Like vulnerably for me, if I was, if I was like, all right, if everybody in the world was just like me, how would it be? Well, everybody would have a lot of love in their heart. Everybody would be communicating with spirit, but nobody would be fixing the roads. <laughs> like, <laughs> so it wouldn't be a perfect world if everybody was just like me. So, but on certain levels, you can think about that within yourself. Like what aspects of I could impact the world in a super positive way? And what aspects of myself am I just not in alignment with? And then that's a part of your disciplines is growing more into what you are. And that's not like, I'm not trying to shame anybody that does work on the roads. I'm just saying like, I'm- Oh, we need you. We need you bad. (laughs) I have really soft hands (laughs) and and I'm lazy. I'm sorry. I'm so lazy with certain things. Like certain things, I'm like extremely productive, nonstop. I could work a 60-hour work week, no problem. Other times I'm lazy. And it's like, it's not that it's not in there. It's just like, you know, we we choose our reality, but- To my point is like, be proud of exactly who you are. Be proud of all of the beautiful majesty that you bring to this world and be proud of the fact that there is no one like you in the entire world. Nobody, nobody is just like you. You're going to find tons of reflections and tons of people that you see aspects of yourself within, but you are so unique. And you were created as such an individual so perfectly and so precisely celebrate your own unique divinity 
celebrate it and hold yourself above the standard. Hold yourself above society. And I'm not saying above society where you're better than everybody, but give people a place to look to go. Like I, when I look up, when I look up to people that I look up to, because I, I look up to people, I look up to mentors and I look up to other spiritualists and other people that have that. Yeah. You have to be able to. Exactly. And you like, it's so humbling in a beautiful way to be a student, to find a master, to find people that have mastered different aspects of things that you want to be. So, yeah. So now what are some of your like disciplines that you practice? Uh, What are some of the things that you love to do to keep you spiritually grounded and and to ascend in your own mind? Yeah. So um, I'm super into journaling and writing. I definitely have like a desire to write a book one day. Um, Mm. So that's something that I use in my spiritual practice. I've been doing that since I was little and it was interesting. So I've had like a couple with the writing thing. So I've had a couple, like, I guess you could say signs in the last year or so that I need to be incorporating it more. So one of them being back in October, I had like a past life remembrance dream. So Mm. I don't know if it was like something was going on astrologically, but I was having these wild dreams of like, it was like, it was me, but I was living in this like old world that like was not, it wasn't like a normal dream. It felt like so real. I had this dream. I was in this kind of like a school and I was like writing so I was teaching some writing class or I, and it was all women in it. And I remember having like burn all the books at the end of the class. Cause like whatever, we weren't allowed to be writing it or something like that. Or it was like not considered acceptable to society. It was like, this is like hundreds and hundreds of years ago. And I remember waking up in that dream and I was like, wow, like that was really interesting. And then I, you know, a couple like months later um, or recently even I was in Sedona and I had I went to this like psychic fair when I was in Sedona. By the way, Sedona was amazing. I remember you asked mm. you wanted to know how it was. It was such a beautiful place. I I described it as like you literally were in, you feel like you're in the womb of Mother's Earth in like her heart space. And like it's such an energetically special wow. place. Like it is a yeah. Like everyone need I want to go back there like once a year. I feel like I, you know, came back so like rebirth, refresh. It was just a, energetically such a special, special place. But went to this psychic fair when I was there. Um, and there was like all these different, like, you know, tarot card psychics there. Personally, I've been to psychics before. I don't like to go to them anymore. I don't want someone to tell me my future. I'm in control of my future. I have free will. Everyone's a psychic. You could use your intuition and kind of figure things out for yourself. So it's I kind love of- that. <laughs> I love everything you just said. I agree. Yeah. So obviously, you know, it's sometimes we want to know, right? Because we're human and we're like, we want to attach ourselves to the future and outcomes. But personally, I try to stay away from that. So I saw this really sweet older woman sitting down and she was doing like angel card readings. And it was interesting when I was there, I've never really connected myself to like my angels too much, but I felt like a very angelic presence when I was in Sedona. I remember going to this crystal store and I like, well, I wasn't going to buy crystals there because I thought they were overpriced. And I was going into this crystal store and I like saw this crystal and I like had to get it. Like I like, I, it was like a, and that happens with me with crystals. I love crystals. Yeah, it so, happens to all of us. <laughs> you're like, you see it. You're like, I just get excited. I, just need I it. love so, this rock. Yeah, I get this guy. <laughs> I just need this the energy of the rock. I need it. And I see this crystal. And of course, it's like an angel phantom crystal. And I've never seen one before. I've heard of them. And I was like, okay, I just have to freaking get this. And I go to this psychic fair. And there's this like little sweet woman doing like an angel card read. I'm like, cool, I'm going to get this done. Because it's not like, she really just oracle cards. And it's like, she was channeling messages from the angel. I was like, this is sweet. I want to do this. She was super nice, like loved her energy. 
So I'm like talking with her and, you know, she pulled one of the cards she pulled was like a writing card. And she's like, are you a writer? And I was like, I mean, like, not really. Like, I love to write and I, I write every day for myself. Like, I write all my thoughts out. Like, it's how I have a lot of thoughts. It's how I kind of work through things. Like, a lot mm-hmm. of times, if I'm making, looking to make a difficult decision, I, I need to write it out. Like, that's just me. And she was like, well, your angels, like, want you to write more. So you have to write, mm-hmm. start writing more. So since I've been back, I've been a little bit more disciplined with that because I really saw that as, like, kind of a message between that and the dream. It definitely seems like something I would have to incorporate more. I also um, am really into Reiki healing, energy healing. I mean, I have a pretty, you know, I love my meditation practice. So yeah, the Oracle cards I mentioned before. So those are some of the things I'm, I'm uh, attracted to and interested in like the spiritual practices. Yeah. All of those are extremely powerful too. Uh, Meditation is the foundation, just like in like any martial art, like the first thing you learn is how to throw a punch or how to stand depending where you're at. But you know, meditation is how you have to learn how to become conscious in your awareness and cultivating that is so important. So meditation, writing, writing is so powerful for many reasons. One of the reasons is that it's one of the first ways of creation. So when you have an idea, when you've like decoded an energy in your mind into words in your head, the next step is to create it in the physical world. So writing is manifesting your thoughts just like that. It's bringing it to another level of reality. It started as an energy. It became a word in your mind. Now it became words on paper. Now when those words are read, they become ideas in other people's minds. So you're you're like perpetuating the creation and manifestation of your idea in writing. So now this is the next thing, which I want to give you and everyone else listening. It's going to blow your mind. And I discovered this on accident. You can't find this anywhere else. So... (laughs) Heard it first here. I heard it first here. When you write in pen, in ink, the energy that you're writing with is captured in the liquid of the ink. And if you take your hand and you've learned at this point how to like feel energy, like by feeling into your hand and then feeling like over your chakra centers or feeling over other people, like these are basics in Reiki, but I like to expand beyond Reiki into all the energetic arts. If you take your hand and you feel feel overwritten ink, you can feel the energy that was captured in that ink. And this is how I found out. I have some extremely rare books written by Free Spirit. His name is Free Spirit. And he was an Ascension teacher like 10 years ago, like before it was cool, even longer than that. But I discovered him like 11, 12 years ago. And I bought these books, which are now not even, you can't even get them anymore. But he wrote in the books, like a special like note to me, like love and blessings to you, Sean, love, free spirit. One time, years later, I pulled out the book and I read that. And for some reason, I felt like I, I just wanted to feel over his signature and feel like if there was anything there. And I was blown away. I was blown away because... I could feel such a pressure of love <laughs> from these words that he writ- wrote. But then like, if I moved my hands off of the page onto like the other page where he didn't write, it was, it was completely different energy information coming back into my hand. But if, as soon as I held it over where he wrote, it just was like this full power coming out of like the words he wrote. So then I'm like, no way. Okay, let's see what's going on here. So I go back to one of my old journals that was like my first spiritual journal, which 
I had such delusions of grandeur when I first became like awakened. I thought like my, I was going to write like a new Bible. So I was like, (laughs) I was like writing everything down. Like one day someone would discover it and it would change the world or something, which, Hey, you know what? Good on them. Good on me. Good for you. Like believing yourself like that. I mean, I give you credit. Well, the thing is, is like when you have these powerful spiritual experiences of healing, of psychic awareness, of visions, of real stuff that's beyond your imagination, beyond like you're you just thinking things when you're having experiences that are undefinable in our current science or in religion. You're like, dude, everybody can have this like it's for everybody. Like, I don't think that I'm the only person like that would be a drag if I was the only person like I think every person has these divine birthrights and it's up to those of us like you and like me and like everybody listening to this podcast because i know you have it in you is to have enough courage to seek more of this within your experience and then have even more courage to share your truth oh my god please share your truth people don't try to be like everybody else be the unique beautiful flower that you are so true. Yeah. And I think that that's such a blockage. I mean, and it's something I'm still struggling with. And I'm sure you are as well as like we get nervous. It's not to be vulnerable and to share. It's not something that's always a natural thing. It's really hard. And we have a throat chakra, right? And it's so connected to our heart space. And it's very, it's super vulnerable to share, to share that. And it's like, it's hard for people, like even when like, just showing like love to other people and like our relationships and stuff. It's like for a lot of people, it's a very, a very difficult thing to do and to share your innermost thoughts and your vulnerabilities and your spiritual practice. Spiritual spirituality is a, it's a personal thing, right? It's an individual experience. It's everyone goes through things differently. There's no better or worse. Like no one's just because you're experiencing spirituality a certain way, you're not better than the person who's experiencing right. it this way. It's not, not a competition at all. And it's like a very, we're so competitive by nature and we always compare mm-hmm. by nature. And it's just, it, you know, it's such a, to be able to get over that and to share your vulnerability is such a beautiful thing. And it could be different levels for everyone. I know like there's, you know, some spiritual mentors I have who are sharing every single thing in their spiritual life online. And that's a beautiful thing. And there's other people who choose what to share as well, which is also a beautiful thing. It's such an individual experience. And when you give someone And that's the thing too, I've been trying to practice as well. It's like, you know, sharing is, is such a vulnerable thing for yourself, but it's also vulnerable to the person you're sharing to. So it's always good to practice like saying, and this is something I'm getting used to as well. Like, can I share, or like, can I share what I'm thinking? Can I share my thoughts? Cause it's like, you're opening such an energy portal when you do that. Uh And you're not only opening your own energy, you're giving that energy because what you say, that person could potentially remember it for the remember it for the rest of their life. And it could be part yeah. of their soul, soul contract and part of their evolution and their growth. So sharing is such uh, you know, and that's why it's so important to like who you follow online and like what you look at and what you what you spend your time absorbing is so crucial because it's literally programming you. And it's 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 creating your energy in a sense. It's like, we are so absorbing of things. And it's like, I think pe- we're, we're really like sponges and, and we're magnets. Like you said before, we're magnets. We really are. And it's like, I think people aren't as aware of that, you know, what, what we're sharing and what we're absorbing. And it's like, it could really, like, you could literally become what you're absorbing and what you're energizing yourself with. And it's, yeah, it's just like yeah. really important to be aware of. Yeah. And to your point, you know, like, Art inspires new artists. 
books and writings inspire new writers. Athletes inspire new athletes. Spiritualists, you will inspire new spiritualists. You will inspire the spirit within other people to come out by you projecting. When we say the word vulnerable, it has this connotation like it's like a weak spot within us, that if you touch this weak spot, it's where we're vulnerable. It's where like the chink in our armor is. I think that the vulnerability is more like the light that's like shining through a crack in your human mm. ego. And breaking through into that vulnerability is being engulfed in the light of the inner spirit. So having the courage to be vulnerable on an ego sense is also exuding enormous courage and strength from your spirit. So again, like don't try to be a word, anybody out there. You're not being vulnerable in the sense that you're weak. You're actually showing a beautiful amount of strength and courage in a world where not too long ago they were burning people like us or drowning us because we didn't go along with the status quo. And you could see it now, even in our day, they just witch burning and, and all that has become canceling or has become like uh, ostracizing people from the community or, or, you know, just straight up saying people are fakes. And not to say that there aren't people that are fraudulent out there, because when you're talking about the esoteric stuff, it is an individual experience. We can't necessarily prove whether or not a person is having that experience. But when there is a real aspect to it, when there is a divine truth to it, then it can be experienced by anyone. And that person sharing that truth will lead more people to those experiences. So part of my discipline as a spiritual teacher and as a leader is only to teach people things that they can experience for themselves firsthand. So whenever I teach energy, I teach it from a basic level so that people can understand it and they can feel it to themselves. Like I'm not starting them off with the idea of what I do in my own practice when I'm in a lucid dream and I'm invoking energy and I have pillars of fire surrounding me and I'm like creating all the elements and I'm in like this little wizard dimension in my mind. Like I don't tell people about that when in my classes because I'm not trying to put this like idea in their head or have them confuse imagination with creation because it's very similar. It goes hand in hand. I start them with feeling energy within their body. I start them with feeling into their auric field. Just recognizing what it means to have different information in their experience from their feeling state. And then we have them meditate with the elements. We have them meditate with a candle. Feel the energy of the flame, not the temperature that your hand feels but the pressure that's coming off of the flame that you can feel energetically. Then we have them do the same thing with water and with the earth and with the wind, feel the element. And then when you're in your normal life and the sun is pressing on you or the moonlight is pressing on you, you feel these energies. Now it's different. Now the light of the sun feels like the love of God. I can feel my body being nourished by it. I can feel my emotions raising up just with the light. When it rains, I don't think of it as being like dark and gloomy and sad. I think of it as nourishing and replenishing. It's cleaning. I love the rain. I feel I like the I, there's rain. nothing that it's literally raining right now or it's about to rain. It is raining here um, in Philly. 
So I always have loved the rain because I love the feeling after the rain, like after mm-hmm. the rain, like the earth just feels cleansed. And I feel like after it's like, it's like after you cry, after you have a good cry, you literally feel like that energy has been released from your body. And, and yeah, the sun too, like it, the sun is so important. And there's people out there saying the sun isn't good for you. Um, <laughs> the sun yeah. is so important. It is so like, look at what it does. The sun literally like makes everything grow on the earth. And it's just like, yeah. literally is like a, it's a life force. And it's so, it's so powerful. And and the moon as well too. I mean, we're made up of entire, we're almost made up of mostly water and people like, you know, who don't believe in spirituality. They think you're crazy. If you're like, Oh, it's a full moon. Everyone's acting crazy. And it's like, we are affected by the moon. Like looks what happens to the ocean. Every time the moon is full, the tides, the tides turn and the, ocean just changes and it's like you know yeah. it can destroy literally coastlines if like you know <laughs> if it, if the energy is like really intense so it's just like so powerful how we're all connected to that and yeah it's it's such a beautiful thing honestly yeah and even science is catching up to the fact that memory is held within water and that water is is packed with so much information and it's it's transmutation it's an element of transmutation and alchemy is water water changes everything just like air I like to use this metaphor that I discovered recently. It's like when you see smoke, any type of smoke goes into the air, the air separates it all and turns it back into air. The same wow. water, no matter what the substance is, the more water you put in, the more it dilutes it, it brings it back to water. Someone told me that recently about how important the quality of water you drink is for your energy because- so important. I and it's like I didn't even there like in Sedona, of course, in Sedona, there's like a water store and you could like get all these different kinds of water. I'm like, Alkaline. of course, yeah, yeah, of course, there is that in Sedona, but Crystal like still infused, <laughs> literally, yes. But like it's pretty much like an energy, like of the water, and even just like going to swim in like some super pure water that comes from the earth, it like re energizes all your cells in your body. And it's like, we're it's yeah, it's so real, so so real. So, what makes you like super happy? Like, what is the thing on this journey that when it happens, you just become so full of love and like trust for the path and brings you back to like your highest self? So honestly, like I am super connected to other people. Like I, obviously I love my alone time and I love my spiritual practice myself, but there's something about like incorporating other people into spirituality. Like even like, like I had a friend recently who was going through a tough time and she's not really been on the spiritual path, but she's now getting into it. And like, she tells me every time she meditates and tells me every time she does something spiritual. And it's like the fact that someone wants to share that with me and me be part of the journey, like that lights me up so much. Like, Mm. and just seeing that I have opened up someone to something or if someone told me, you know, Hey, I wasn't really into spirituality, but like you're making me more into it. Or just even like, like back in January, I was called to like start a, a like one of my mentors told me pretty much like you need to start a spiritual spirituality Instagram page. Cause I had my regular Instagram page and I would post spiritual stuff sometimes, but I was never super comfortable posting because I had this fear of sharing, right. That I'm working through that everyone is on this path, but I create a, a Instagram page, a spirituality Instagram page, and people started finding me who followed my other page. And like a couple of people like reached out to me like that I haven't spoke to in like 10 years. And they're like, I can't believe you're into this stuff. Like I'm into this and I don't have anyone to talk to about it. And, you know, I had a friend from high school reach out to me recently and he like started getting really into tarot and he like has not done a tarot card reading on anyone before. 
And he only does it on himself. So I was like, can you do a reading on me? He's like, I, I don't know. I've never done it on. Like he was worried about me, like judging him or something. I was like, no, I want you to like practice on me. Like I want you to do a reading for me. And like the fact that I was the person who inspired him to now, maybe he's going to start doing it for other people. Like I was the person who gave him that push and inspired him to do that. It's like, that is so beautiful to me that I can help other people with their path. Because I always say like, 10 years ago when I was really like starting this journey and like, even like, you know, I was going through my awakenings and now it's like, I have so many people that I'm spiritual mentors and people like yourself that I'm connected to in the spiritual community. It's like, I wish I had me years ago. I had no one, I had no one to talk to about this. I felt so alone. It's like, it's like, that is why it's so important to stay connected to people in this community. Cause like people need you because I know I needed myself. And that's like really what lights me up. I'm so like, I'm literally in love right now. Like just hearing <laughs> the way that you said that, like put me in a state of just absolute love. So it's alchemically, it's beautiful. Cause I didn't yeah. expect it, but I'm like, what makes you feel love? And then you tell me, and I'm like, now I'm feeling love at a, such a love. high level. You do, you spread the love. And what you said I've said this before, almost word for word, but I wish I had someone like me when I first started. Yeah. And now being me for other people is so inspiring. And it's to the point in my journey where more than one person that I've taught is now a teacher and they're helping other people and they feel called to the path. And there's nothing more beautiful than seeing that all the work that you've put into yourself has now helped somebody else reach a next level of themselves. And now they want to do that for other people because now our ripples are becoming waves and all of those little things that we've been doing are adding up to something beautiful. And we can feel the honor that we're giving to the world for ourselves. And I'm just so grateful that that's, that's what you shared, Michelle, because I think that it's the same for me, you know, yeah, just being a part of everyone's journey, just being someone that uh, people can reach out to and say, Hey, I'm into this. Do you have any insight or wisdom? Like all day. Like how much time do you got? <laughs> like, don't get me started because you're gonna like need some a book. We're gonna need twelve hours. Yeah, we need twelve <laughs> hours. Yeah, like um, one of my friends asked me if I could do like a three hour seminar. I'm like, I could open with a three hour seminar. <laughs> that will like, be my intro, actually. <laughs> yeah, I'll, yeah, we will have just like scratched the surface after three hours. So, anybody listening, if you would like to find out more about Michelle, you can visit her on Instagram at aligned with Michelle. That's L-A-L-I-G-N-E-D with Michelle, M-I-C-H-E-L-L-E. And you can see some of her spiritual postings there. And uh, if you want to reach out and make a friend, I'm sure she'd be available to you. I love new friends. Yeah, so do I. So do I. (laughs) Just building this community and, uh, and just meeting people on the spiritual path, it just makes us feel like we're not alone. And I know a lot of you out there feel alone even if you're in relationships, even within your families, within your jobs, like you have a little bit of loneliness. Just know that you are surrounded by love and you are surrounded by loving beings and you are surrounded by so much potential of creation and experience. And all you need to do is realize it and it's all right there for you. So Michelle, before we head off, if you had the whole world listening, what would you say to everyone? I would say protect your energy. It's the most sacred gift that you have. Mm. Everything that you come in contact with, every person, everything, everything that you do is all part of your energy. And it's the most 
important imprint that you'll have in this life. So protect it and treat it like the most expensive prize thing that you have. It's, it's so, so essential and so crucial. I think that that's perfect. And that is so beautiful. Protect your energy, everyone. Protect that beautiful spark of light that you are, that infinitely powerful creative force that exists in your heart and in your mind. Protect it. Protect it by being it more, by finding strength in what you are and never giving up on yourself. I love you all. I wish you blessings and peace. I can't wait to meet every single one of you. I hope you have a great day. Thank you, Michelle, for joining us. And we'll catch you guys soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Monk on the Mountain podcast. If you or anyone you know would like to share your spiritual experiences on our show, you can send us an email at themonkonthemountain at gmail.com. If you'd like to inquire about spiritual training sessions or see more of our work, you can visit oneworldpeace.online. And if you'd like to follow us on Instagram, you can follow Sean Energy at one underscore world underscore peace. Love and blessings.